Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast. My name is Chris Loder and I am joined by my guest pundit this week, Katie Midwinter, as we preview the main ITV action at Warwick and Kempton. Before we get into the racing, uh, how are things with you, Katie? Have you been keeping well? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Looking forward to this uh, weekend's racing. I always like the Lansbury hurdle. I always think I'm going to find the winner but yeah i've got an appalling record and it's still yet to find it i always have a few hard luck stories but yeah i'm looking forward to it are you looking forward to the racing yeah there's some good action isn't there um we're gonna cover campton and and warwick um yeah looking forward to seeing some nice horses back out so the first race we're going to look at is the 130 at campton it's the three mile coral racing club handicap chase and the betting looks like this. Tile Tapper is your favourite at three to one. We've then got Anne Sam at seven to two for Evan Williams, and Rillo at four, Smarty Wild at fives, Percussion at fifteen to two, Kitty's Light at twelves, and Balagas is the outsider at twenty to one. Katie, only uh, seven runners lining up here, but I thought it was a tricky little race to uh, get things underway. Yeah, it's quite a tricky race. Uh, I'm going to take a chance on percussion for Laura Morgan, Gavin Sheehan rides. And Rillo off top weight after that tough fall last time out, it puts me off slightly with him, even though Nichols is in brilliant form at the moment. And Sam can be very good on his day, but I'm not quite convinced by him. That Kitty's Light is a horse that I do like, but he has been out of form. And I, I'd say he'd be more effective uh, off a lower mark in one of those big handicaps towards the end of the season uh, when the ground is, is likely to be better too. He's not a horse I like to back when there's been rain about. So going back to percussion, you know, he's been running solid races. He's a consistent type that could be improving. The yard is in good form. And off a mark of 130, I think he could be competitive. He might find one too good, but I think he'll run a solid race, as he usually does, and the softer ground should be no problem for him. Okay, I quite like the chances of um, Smarty Wild here. Um, ground might be a little bit of concern, and the fact that Philip Hobbs hasn't actually trained a winner in the last couple of weeks, but Smarty Wild is a bit of a, a Kempton specialist. He often saves most of his best form uh, for here. It was a good runner for over the Christmas period behind Remastered. Um, he's in here off the same mark of 133. He, he seemed like he's coming into a little bit of form now, and I don't think this race. Um, is that strong compared to what he's been up against in his last two starts? And I think at five to one, I don't think he's a bad ploy. Obviously, hard to trust with the yard being so out of form, but he was my my idea of the winner. So that's our thoughts then on the one thirty at Kempton. We then move on to the two o five. It's the Coral Silvanano Conti Chase uh, over two and a half miles, and Pick Dory is your favourite at six to four. We've then got Paint the Dream at five to two, Saint Calvados at eleven to two. Angel's Breath makes his first appearance at a race course for eleven hundred and twenty one days at twelves. Cool Cody the veteran at fourteens, and Clondor Castle is the outsider at sixteen to one. I think. Pigdory, Katie, on form probably is the most likely winner, but he's going to have to give away a little bit of weight, and the ground could be a concern. Is he, is he a favourite we want to take on? I'm not sure if I'm honest with you. I do quite like his chances. I mean, there's six runners in the race, but it's a really interesting race. Paul Nichols has won this twice in the past three renewals with Frodon in 2020 and the lovely Master Tommy Tucker the following year. He has two solid chances here. 
you know, especially with the favourite Pictoria, as we just mentioned. And he's the progressive horse who won a grade two as a novice over course and distance last year. And I'd say, yeah, he's the one to beat. I'm not sure I'd be taking him on, but I do like Paint the Dream. He was very impressive at Newbury in November when carrying top weights of victory over a similar trip. And he was giving a lot of weight away to his rivals, but he went easily. And he's a really likeable horse. He's often quite prominent in his races. He, he's, you know, he's either making the running or he is tracking the leaders. But he was held up last time. So it'll be interesting to see which tactics they choose to adopt on him this time out. I'm struggling to split the pair, pick Dory and paint the dream. I, I like them both. I'd be happy to see either of them win. So it's not a race that I'll be betting on. Um, I think it's going to be between the two. Yeah, I'm not going to have a bet in this race either. I thought maybe at the prices. I thought St. Carlos was mildly interesting. It's interesting that they're putting a first-time tongue tie. He was disappointing when he was beaten in a two-runner race um, behind Cool Cody. But on his day, he can be a really good horse, as he reminded everybody when he won at Sandown uh, back in April last year. We know that he had uh, a good chance, or a lot of people thought he was a bit unlucky the year Frodon won the King George. He came there travelling. And uh, I just think maybe if if you can forgive that run, 11-2, to 2, Maybe isn't the worst price in the world if he can bounce back to his best form. But yeah, quite a tricky race again. Um, I don't have a strong opinion. But yeah, uh, if you fancy anything in this, good luck to you. Uh, we then go on to the big betting race on their card, which is the 240. It's a two and a half mile Coral Lanzarote handicap hurdle and the Irish Raider. Green Glory is the favourite at five to one for Philip and Charles Burns. We've then got Outlaw Peter at six to one, Dubrovnik Harrier eight, West Balboa at nines, Petit Tonnerre at twelves, Harbour Lake at fourteens, Hermes Boys at fourteens, uh, and bigger are the rest. Katie, I'll come to you here first. Uh, quite a few in here will fancy their chances, uh, but who made your shortlist? There are three in here that made my shortlist. I had a look at Outlaw Peter first, one of the favourites. I'd say he has a decent chance if he copes with ground conditions. He finished second to Three Stripe Life in a bumper on heavy ground when making his race cross debut. But he is yet to race uh, on ground worse than good to soft over obstacles. Um, I also like the look of the the Bromnik Harry. Uh, I think he's got a great each-way chance. His second run after a wind up with a yard in good form. I especially liked his run in defeat at Sandown last March, where he was beaten by complete unknown. But he finished ahead of a number of good horses on that day. He's quite lightly raced, but he won his maiden on heavy, and he has placed twice on soft, um, and he's run well in each of his starts to date, really. So I'd say he's quite a reliable horse. He's capable of being in contention. And at a bigger price, I'll give a shout to Ben Pauling's Quinta de Mar, thought he was quite an interesting runner the yard have been absolutely flying which is a big positive and he should be better off this time around than when he ran in this race last year he fell at the last but he wasn't going to get near the winner then but he was running a good race and he may just have finished third had he stayed on his feet runs off the same mark of one three five he won last time out and the trainer has said you know he's been laid out for this race so hopefully he can give a good account of himself uh, at a bigger price not sure what price he is now I think he's around 18 to 1. So, yeah, possibly some value there. Okay, a few there from uh, Katie at some uh, decent each-way prices. I'm in agreement with one of your selections. I think he's one of my strongest fancies of the weekend. 
Dubrovnik, Harry. You made a good case for him there. I think the ground is key to him. He was last seen going over fences at Exeter back in November. Things didn't really go to plan that day. I think coming back hurdling is a smart move. I think he's potentially well handicapped off the mark of 128. I think the big field setup will be right up his street. And I think the ground, like you say, will be uh, the key to him. And uh, there's a few in here, I think, at the top of the market. Might not like the ground. I've got concerns about Outlaw Peter. Um, I think Dubrovnik Harry could be a, a potentially a good thing in this race. Green Glory, obviously, you have to respect him for the Charles Burns Yard. But I don't think he's got that much in hand from the handicapper. It's hard to know uh, what they're up to. Um, they are often well-known for getting a, a few uh, gambles uh, over the years. And I'm just not sure if this is going to be the day for him. Um, I think he was all out when he won at Leopardstown last time out. And I think there's a this is a deeper race than his win over Christmas. So Dubrovnik Harry would be my main selection. I also as well will give a shout-out to Harbour Lake uh, for to one for Alan King. I think he's got some smart form next to his name. I think off a mark of 133, I don't think that's a bad mark for him. A little bit concerned that Tom Cannon has gone to Warwick instead of coming here. I think if he was aboard, I would have fancied his chances a little bit more. Sam Twiston Davis isn't necessarily a negative jockey booking, but uh, is a jockey that hasn't ridden this horse. And I think he maybe takes a little bit of knowing. So that would be a concern, but I think they would be my main two. But Dubrovnik Harry for me is uh, my first choice and uh, like I say one of my more stronger fantasies of the weekend. We then um, move over to Warwick now where we're going to look at four races on their card and the first race we're going to look at at Warwick is the 150. It's the eventmasters.co.uk Hampton Novices Chase. It's a grade two contest. We've only got the four runners here. Complete Unknown is your favourite at uh, five to four. We've then got Gala de la Toe at five to two. The Goffer at seven to two. And Gentleman at Arms is your outsider. Katie, I'll come to you first. I think we're both fans of this horse, Complete Unknown. Good uh, chasing debut, I thought, when he won at, um, at Force Last, putting a good round of jumping. Do we think he's uh, ready for the step up in grade? Yeah, I think he is. Um, I was quite keen on his chances when he lined up at Haydock for his first run of the season. Slightly disappointing there, but may just have needed the run. And, and as you said, he won his following race on Chase debut at Force Last. I think he's the likeliest winner. I wouldn't really want to be taking him on. But, you know, there's three other nice horses in here. I love the look of Galia Delato at Bangarondi. She coped with the heavy ground really well and won in impressive fashion. But that was over an extended two mile one. And she's been beaten twice by complete unknown over longer distances. So I couldn't really make a case for her against the favourite here. The Groffer coming over for Gordon Elliott. He's also been beaten by complete unknown this season. He has a bit to find on that run, but he does have a higher rating. I, I like Gentleman at Arms too. He's coped with softer ground in the past. But, you know, he's he's quite a big price considering he was second in a grade one last season. But, um, no, I'm I'm with you. I think complete unknown. He's going to take all of the beats in here. I think he should make, an, make it another win. Okay, two votes then it is from the both of us for complete unknown. We then move on to the 225 at Warwick. It's the Ballymore Lington Novices Hurdle, a grade two contest. Only seven runners here, but... 
I thought this was quite a tricky one. Ginny's Destiny is your favourite, along with Grey Dawn in at 7-2. We've then got Niles D. Road at 4-1, Snake Roll at 5, Gavega at 7, Moon Hunter at 10s, and Mexico is the outsider of the field but has attracted a little bit of support. Now 18s from 25-1. to 1. Katie, we were talking about this race off air. You had quite an interesting angle on it. Yeah, I, I do have an interesting angle, but... To be honest, I wasn't quite sure what to make of this race when I first had a look at it. The top three in the market are all quite a similar price and they look quite closely matched. Grey Dawning really caught the eye last time out when winning at Kempton on Boxing Day. And he has previous form on heavy, so he'd probably be the one I'd go for out of the favourites. But I'm going to go a bit left field with my selection and go for the outsider, Mexico, who you've already mentioned has attracted a little bit of support already. He has a lot to do to reverse form with Ginny's Destiny. But, you know, he does have some decent form in the book. He beat Soldier of Destiny convincingly last time out. That was over hurdles over which Soldier of Destiny is rated 1-2-2. But Soldier of Destiny has only made three appearances over hurdles and is predominantly a chaser with a rating of 1-3-5. So, you know, he has beaten a good horse there. He also beat now 1-3-3 rated chaser, nothing to ask, in the bumper as a youngster. And I think there could be more to come from this horse, Mexico. And that may not come here. And with only seven runners, it does make it slightly less appealing from an each way perspective. But I'll be keeping an eye on how he gets on. I think he's uh, maybe a horse to, to watch. Yeah. Okay, Mexico then is for Katie, the outsider of the field. But like I say, it is attracting a little bit of support. I'm going to take a chance on Grey Dawning for the Skeletons. I just thought there was quite a few horses in here that when they've been doing their winning, they like to make the running. And Grey Dawning had no problem last time out being dropped in at... Um, at Kempton when he was a subject of a massive gamble. He was sent off 5-4 to four for quite a competitive uh, handicap hurdle. That's actually a race that's worked out quite well uh, over the years. Likes Marie's Rock won that race the year before. So it normally takes a good horse to win. And I just think there's more to come from him over uh, these uh, longer trips. Uh, his form at Exeter reads quite well with uh, Lally Gag from uh, Paul Nichols's yard. I think he probably could go a favourite on the day. The Skeletons have been disappointing though in the last couple of weeks. One winner from the last 26 runners operating at 4% strike rate. I'm sure there's could be a reason why that is. Maybe it could be the flu jabs. I'm not, I'm not too sure. But um, yeah, I, I, I would probably just give uh, my preference to, to Grey Dawn. And I think there's more to come from him. I think he won't mind easing conditions as well. And I think he could get the race run to suit. So Grey Dawn is my uh, outlook on the winner. We then go to the three o'clock, which is the feature race on Warwick's card. It's the Wiggly Group Classic Handicap Chase and the Irish Raider, Mr. Incredible, is your favourite at 11-2 for Willie Mullins. We've then got three under through five at 6-1. to one. Grumpy Charlie looking to back up his win at Newbury at 8. Gutterpan Colonge is also at 8. Welsh national winner, I Will Do It, is at 9-1. Lord de Manil at 9. Nesta Park at 9. Not a chance in 9. And bigger are the rest. Um... There's quite a few horses in here, uh, Katie, that uh, punters will be very familiar with. But Mr. Incredible is a horse that punters might just latch onto uh, with those colours. Do we think he uh, is a worthy favourite or is he one that you would want to take on? Well, I think, yeah, the eye is drawn to him instantly. Really, Mullins sending a runner over in those colours. Brian Hayes rides. 
you know, he's quite short in the market as well. Um, his last few runs, he's failed to complete the last three, well, the last twice, and he refused to race the time before that. His form prior to that is is quite decent, but, you know, we wouldn't be surprised to see him win, would we, on Saturday. But I'm not going to go for him in this race, actually. I'm going to go for another horse that I'm a bit more familiar with, a horse I think that will just love these conditions, stays all day, and that is Lord de Menil. I backed him at Bangrondi when he went off at 33-1, to 1, finishing second to Lemilos. I thought he was overpriced there, especially with so much give in the ground, running off a mark of 145. He's only gone up a pound for that run. So I'd expect him to be competitive off one four six. He's a strong sayer. He needs it soft. The softer, the better for him. I think he's a definite each way shout. Um, I'm a big fan of three under through five, but I think off top weight uh, in heavy ground over this trip, I think it'll be a little bit too tough for him. So I'm going to go for Lord de Menil each way. Okay, Lord de Menil is for Katie. Uh, nine to one. Um, I had this down to two horses. I think Mr. Incredible probably will go off favourite on the day. I think he'll probably go off maybe 10 to 3, 7 to 2. I could see there being quite a lot of money from him. As Katie rightly said, uh, Paul Byrne, when he sends one over, you've really got to take note. Um, had horses with the likes of Emmett Mullins, for example, uh, pulled off a few gambles with the likes of the Shunter. This could be a horse in the same mould. Had a, started off well with uh, Henry de Bromhead in his racing career, has been in some good races, but he did kind of go off the boil, as Katie pointed out, and to, towards the end of his career with him. But then he was uh, sent off 7 1 um, co favourite for the Paddy Power, which is which is a very competitive race to be making your seasonal debut in. And the fact that he was quite strong in the market that day suggests that they probably clearly fancied him. Brian Hayes, I've always considered to be a bit of a job jockey, uh, especially when riding for Mullins. And it's interesting that they're coming over here. I do think he's got potentially more to offer now, being with his yard. The yard obviously in from fantastic form. He's running there at 142. He's seven-year-old. There could be easily a lot more to come from him the other horse that i had on my shortlist for this that i probably might back both from the day is gutper collange uh, for richie mcclernan and charlie longston he's actually from the family of neptune collange former grand national winner for uh, paul nichols um he's only seven year old he's off a mark here one two six ten stone three um nice low racing weight there could easily be a lot more to come from him overstaying trips he won at warwick back in november i'm sure that this has probably been the plan they thought after winning this after he was raised six pounds for that win um still a horse that could have a lot more to offer and i think he's probably the other horse in the race that uh, i'll be having about i think he's one of the more interesting types so for me it is between mr incredible Good purple lunge, and yeah, I think uh, they could potentially be uh, finding out the finish. And for Katie, it is Lord de Manil. We then move on to the last race we're going to look at on this podcast, which is the 335. It's the Patons Network Handicap per hurdle qualifier, one of the qualifiers for the Cheltenham Festival. And Ashtown Lad is your favourite coming back to, fair, uh, to hurdles after winning the Beecher Chase at Aintree back in December. He's 11-4. We've then got the Bomber Liston at 5-1. Ronald Pump at 6s. Um, Glimpse of Gala at 13-2. Side of Burley um, at 8s. Paracala at 11s. On the blind side at 12s. And bigger are the rest. Katie, a tricky race to assess this because a few of these 
put it politely, probably won't be trying to win this race. They'll be trying to get qualified. Um, who do you think is going to win? I have gone for Irish Raider, Ronald Pump. He's some good form behind Honeysuckle in Ireland, and he's shown he can cope with heavy ground. So I think he's the one against the favourite Ashtown lad here. Uh, there are a few interesting runners, though. I mean, on the blind side, he's running off a mark of one for one with a £10 claim on board. He's never run off such a low mark. And if he still possesses some of his ability, then surely he'll be given the chance to show it here at the weights. Saida Burley is a really good horse, as we've seen in his career. But he has to carry top weight in heavy ground, which could make it quite tough. I thought Level Never Ending was an interesting runner, running off a, a low mark, having travelled over for Gordon Elliott. It'll be, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. But I am going to go with Ronald Pump. I think he could possibly be the best here with Brian Hayes on board too. Okay, so uh, Katie's going with one of the older boys, Ronald Pump, who's got some very good form. If you go back through his career, I'm going to go with one of the more younger horses in the lineup, the Bomber Liston for Nicky Henderson and Paul O'Brien. I thought it was a good run last time out when he finished uh, fourth behind Grey Dawn. And like I said, that's a handicap hurdle that normally works out really well. I think he's ready for this step up and trip. He's quite a lightly raced horse, only seven starts. I think he could be potentially better than his mark of um, one two eight. And if the Grey Dawning goes on to win earlier on the card if he takes the Lewington uh, hurdle he could well go off a shorter price and I think if he was to run at Cheltenham which uh, is a race that JP McManus has liked to target over the years um, in the terms I think he would probably have to win this race to to maybe go up the weights uh, to maybe get in um, so yeah I quite like the bomber list and he's currently available at five to one I think he could maybe go off potentially a little bit shorter on the day so that rounds off the main races we're going to be looking at we then um, move on to the any other business section where we look at other weekend uh, racing and there's just one for me um, this weekend and I'm going to go to Weatherby to the Yorkshire venue for the 307 one that caught my eye which I think is quite an interesting one is no rematch for uh, Robbie Dunn and Sam Drinkwater currently available at 10 to 1 this horse was uh, previously trained by Evan Williams and is now having his first start for Sam Drinkwater who I've noticed over the last couple of seasons is a bit of a shrewd operator especially when Robbie Dunn is booked for the ride he's making his seasonal uh, reappearance here off a mark of 117 and if you go back through some of his form he actually won off this mark the last time he won a race after a long break which is a similar profile to what he's got on Saturday he won at Chepstow off a mark of 117 I just think this is an interesting race i didn't fancy uh many horses in the head to be honest there's quite a lot i was crossing off my list and i think at 10 to 1 he could represent a little bit of value and if the money's down i think this horse has got a serious chance so that is no rematch in the 307 at weatherby on saturday so that's it then for this episode of the podcast thanks again to katie for giving up her time hopefully we've given you some good insight and some winners this weekend before we sign off please remember to follow us on all the major podcast platforms we're available on SoundCloud, Spotify and Apple. Please remember to gamble responsibly and we'll be seeing you again soon.